WRUF Gainesville, U251CG Gainesville, from the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios. We are ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Hey, Florida, let's party! Join us at Polaris of Gainesville Saturday, September 30th at 11 AM for a day filled with huge sales, fun, and big giveaways. We're launching the all-new 2024 Polaris Expedition Ultimate UTV, which is the hottest machine on the market. You've got to see it to believe it. Take a demo ride. Enjoy some free food, music, games, huge blowout sales pricing, and even a show-and-shine competition. Also, we're excited to announce Polaris of Gainesville is the second stop on the Toy Soldier Poker Run. So come out and support the kids in our community. That's Saturday, September 30th, starting at 11 a.m. Bring some friends. Everything is on sale to, to save, save you thousands, thousands on boats, ATVs, UTVs, motorcycles, and more. It's the biggest sales event of the season. You won't want to miss it. Polaris of Gainesville, easy to find on US 441 between Gainesville and Alachua. See you there. For more information, visit PolarisofGainesville.com. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing and always need to stick your fingers to test your blood sugar. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. Apply a discrete sensor on your body and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger sticks. If you are living with type 1 or type 2 diabetes and you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, you might be eligible for a CGM through your insurance benefits. U.S. Med partners with over 500 private insurance companies and Medicare. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill your insurance. Call us today for a free benefits check. 800-513-1652. 800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652. Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch. On ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM, WRUF. My headphones are all messed up here. Welcome into another edition. What is what is today? Thursday edition of Sports Scene. Isn't that kind of a day today? It, you ever have one of those days where when you walk into your work that it's non-stop been like that today. Zach is producing today. He's going to get on the phone right now. Zach, call Mike Hill because Mike is a longtime Gator administrator here, but he's also now the athletic director at Charlotte. So get his thoughts on overseeing that program. This is a relatively new program in the sense of, as you heard their play-by-play voice say yesterday, you know, they haven't been playing in the league for very in the American for very long. Uh been about ten years since they kind of resurrected football at this level. Um, so they've kind of made some strides here uh in a very, very short time. Uh but, you know, Mike is an administrator. He worked under Jeremy Foley for a long time and certainly learned the ropes. Uh but now he's an A D, he's responsible, he's the guy, he hires, he fires. So uh He's going to tell you uh, all about now, that now. And then the voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly, expected to be here. And then we will have an abbreviated show today. We have Ray's baseball for you at 1. So we're going to be on today till 1 o'clock. Let's bring Mike into the show now, the athletic director at Charlotte, longtime uh, Gator administrator when he was here. Mike, it's good to talk to you again, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great, Russ. How are you? I'm doing well. And I appreciate you doing this, Mike. Um, you know, one of the things I, I want to try to do to somebody who's listening, Mike, is that, you know, you were you worked under Jeremy here for a long time, and then you kind of got you got to run your own shop. Uh, when you first got the job, uh, was it overwhelming for you? Was it a learning curve? What was that like for you? Well, it was actually it was surprising to me early on in the role that I I did. I was not overwhelmed. I didn't feel unprepared i think it made me recognize and realize that what a great job my uh you know jeremy and and our our team at florida did in our all of our experiences to prepare me for the opportunity and um that was that was to me i think the biggest surprise because frankly i went into it expecting 
more of the unexpected. Now, I will tell you that it got a lot tougher, you know, the next year or two with, with COVID and then, you know, the, the chaos of college athletics. So I'm not about to say that it, it's been easy at all, but the initial transition from Florida to Charlotte uh, went actually really smoothly. And, again, I attribute so much of that to having been taught so well by, uh, by Jeremy and, and our administrative team at UF. I think it's really nice, too, because, you know, football was resurrected. It hasn't been that long since you did that, and you're in the American Conference already competing there. Uh, that, that says a lot. I mean, that, that, a lot's been done in 10 years, hasn't it? It's, it's pretty incredible. I mean, you know, for a 10-year-old football program to be playing in what's certainly regarded as, as the best or one of the best group of five leagues now in the country, and we see who we're competing against, it's – it's pretty awesome, and uh, we're really proud of it. I know that, you know, when, when I got to Charlotte in March of 18, that was the number one priority that we established for our department was to get into the American. It just it made the most sense to us because of the profiles of the institutions. Uh, you know, every school in the league except for one is an urban-based university, um, and the one that is not is East Carolina, who gives us a an in-state rival. Um, and so, you know, and we're reunited with a lot of, uh, conference partners who we used to be in leagues with in the past, but we were left behind because there wasn't football at Charlotte and programs like Memphis and South Florida and Tulane moved on to other leagues. And so to be reunited with them is, is really great too. So, yeah, so we're excited. I mean, the, the American is going to give us a platform of visibility that we've never experienced before. The, the, the ESPN family of networks, uh, you know, affords us a chance to be seen on national TV on a regular basis. We just got our TV assignments this past week for next weekend, as you know how that works, a 12-day window. And our game at SMU is on ESPNU. And so, you know, in the past, that's a game that probably, you know, that's a weekend we're probably not seeing on national television. So the exposure, the competition level, um, all of it is is really great for our program. Mike, when you play a Florida, you certainly get a paycheck for coming down here and uh, what does that do for your overall athletic program? How important is that? It's really important. Uh, it's you know you'd like to get into a point where we don't have to rely on one of those games every year, and we're just still such a young football program that that we can't do without it at this stage. But I, eventually, I'd like to see us at a place where we don't have to play these games as a buy game, right? I mean, we've had some tremendous opportunities. For some home-and-homes with P5 schools, we just finished one with Maryland. We start one next year with Chapel Hill. The Tar Heels come to our stadium in 25. We have a home-and-home with NC State. We have one with Ole Miss. So we're having some success scheduling home-and-homes. But the guarantee games, the ones that won a year, you know, while we have to play them, you know, my philosophy and ours has been let's go play in college football's cathedrals. And so we are in one. We're going to be playing in one of them this weekend, which is pretty special, obviously, for me coming home. And, you know, also we're going to Athens, Georgia in 25. We'll be playing Georgia in 25. We go to the Horseshoe in 29 to play the Buckeyes. Um, and we're working on another SEC opponent now. Uh, so those are games that, you know, I figure if we're going to play one of them, it's for our kids and for our fans to experience that you know is really really special but look right now our athletic program depends on those games once a year and and so uh we'll play them until we don't have to our guest mike hill here on sports scene former gator administrator now the athletic director at charlotte they come down here to play the gators of course on saturday tell me about the football coach you hired i'm going to talk to him later this afternoon uh tell me about the guy yeah, Biff is, um, you know, I've said this a few times here recently, Biff is unique, and unique is a word that is uh, abused in the English language, in my opinion. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, there are not many things in this world that, that, that are unique. Biff is. Um, you know, for your listeners who don't maybe know his background, you know, he was, we hired him from Michigan where he was associate head coach with Jim Harbaugh for the past two seasons. Prior to that, he'd been an extremely successful high school head coach in Baltimore, first at the Gilman School, uh, where he won 13 uh, championships in 19 years. And then um, after a one-year stop at Michigan in 16 to take them, help take them to the Orange Bowl, he went back to Baltimore and resurrected a program at St. Francis Academy, uh, which was a, a program, frankly, that was, a, a, in a, it was destitute. It had no resources in the worst part of Baltimore and, you know, helped personally fund the program because – 
he himself is uh, a successful businessman. In addition to having coached high school football, he also became a hedge fund manager um, because his father-in-law was uh, well-versed in that space and taught him the ropes. And so, again, just, just a unique guy, right? And he takes over the St. Francis Academy, and they go from you know a, a dirt-poor dirt program with, with no success to a top-10 national ranking in the USA Today rankings, playing games all over the country on ESPN. So, you know, just um, I think for us, you know, I felt like and we felt like as a 10-year-old program competing against other programs that have been playing football largely for 75 to 125 years, um, we needed an accelerant and we needed something different. And, you know, I see Biff really as a disruptor of the status quo for us to come in and, and really, you know, turn over our roster. I mean, everybody talks about what we've seen out at Colorado, and he is he has done an amazing job here at Charlotte um, with the number of new players we have on our roster now, almost 70 new players ourselves. So we're excited about uh, where we're headed. We're clearly more talented. We are better, uh, but we still have a long way to go. Uh, the bottom line is, is, is we got a lot of work to do, and I just spoke to Biff this morning, and they're excited about the opportunity, but not excited about how well the Gators looked against the Vols last weekend. <laughs> uh, let me end with this, Mike. With everything that's going on in college athletics now, uh, you know, all the portal stuff and, and, and just, just all the changes that are being made, realignment, what are some of your biggest challenges at your particular school as the athletic director? I think you know it's it's a it's a resource issue really for us again because we're we're a younger program right but I, I think you know I've told our coaches and our staff let's not lean on the excuses and let's instead let's lean into what our strengths are you know we're the we're at the fastest growing institution in our state we have over thirty thousand students now at UNC Charlotte wow record freshman class yeah it's a huge school wow and it used to be it used to be a commuter school you remember the days of Cornbread Maxwell in the yeah. Final Four in the seventies. You know, it was a it was a commuter school. It didn't have football. It was a suitcase college. Everyone went home on the weekend, and it's not now, man. And you would not believe the beauty of our campus. Like it is shocking. Everybody who comes to visit us for the first time cannot believe it. It's, it's green space and red brick everywhere. An expansive campus. You know, we're about ten miles from the center of Charlotte, um, and so we're in the fastest growing. You know, at the fastest growing university in the state, at one of the fastest growing cities in the country. What's not to love? I mean, we've got people who are contributing to our program and, and helping us build our resource base. And, you know, but our challenges are, again, where we are today, and we can't pick up the remote and fast forward to the end. We've just got to keep grinding. I think NIL and the transfer portal is a challenge for us like it is for everyone. But for us, you know, I'll give you an example with men's basketball. Uh, two years ago, we lost our top scorer, Jameer Young, who went to the University of Maryland. And he was he ended up being a second-team All-Big Ten player yet last year for Maryland. And why did he go to Maryland? Well, good for Jameer. He got him a six-figure NIL deal, you know. And we couldn't compete with that. And the same held true this past year. We won more games in basketball than we had in 20 years. We had a 22-win season. We won the CBI. And we lost our top two scores again to the Power Five because of six-figure NIL deals. So mm. we're not sitting around and, accept, and accepting that fate. I can promise you that. Um, we're going to fight our butts off to, 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 to stop losing kids and uh, build the resources we need to, to, to be a championship program. But I'm really proud of what we've accomplished, Steve. We won eight conference titles last year, which was a school record. Um, we have 18 teams, so almost half of our teams won conference championships. That's pretty darn good. Michael, we got a chance to say hello to you when, you, when you're here. So uh, appreciate your time as always, my friend, and uh, you're doing great there. Continued success to you. Thank you. Thanks so much, Russ. I'll see you in the press box Saturday. Okay, you got it, Mike. Thank you. Mike Hill uh, dealt with him a lot um, as a, a broadcaster uh, here. Uh, he's always been good to me, and uh, he is a bright guy. And you can see you know, what he's done at Charlotte in a very short time. 12-14, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now. Good afternoon, I'm Joseph Torviso. The Tampa Bay Rays host the Los Angeles Angels in the final outing of their three-game series. You can catch coverage here at 1 p.m. Tonight, week three of the 2023 NFL season begins as the San Francisco 49ers take on the New York Giants. 
Brock Purdy will lead his men at home for the first time this season after starting 2-0. The Giants look to go over 500 after an impressive second half comeback against the Cardinals. You can catch coverage here at 8pm. Locally, there's girls volleyball tonight. Eastside take on Hawthorne, PK Young hosts Bradford, and Williston travel to Wildwood. There's also Thursday night football as Gainesville hosts Santa Fe at 7. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Joseph Torviso. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. The Road Heaver Boys Ranch is a terrific local charity doing great work, helping at-risk young boys who come from difficult home backgrounds find their way again. And you can help in that process because the Road Heaver Boys Ranch needs your donations of unused or unwanted vehicles. They'll take them off your hands, and when they do, they get these vehicles, You, they fix them up, they resell them. That's how they learn real-life skills, and it really does help a great cause. And your donations are tax-deductible, and it can be an RV, a boat, just about any kind of vehicle, the Road Heaver Boys Ranch will take it off of your hands. To find out more about what this charity does, Simply Google Boys Ranch Palatka or go to rbr.org. Hey, Bill, is that a new car? Nah, it's my same ride. I just got the dings taken out and repainted. I got it done at Mako and Gainesville. Wow, looks sharp. I thought it was a new car. Honestly, I was shocked at how good it looks. I'd recommend Mako of Gainesville to anyone. Give your car a brand new look. Take it to Mako in Gainesville. Excellent service and a fast turnaround on quality warrantied work with 0% financing available. Visit MAACOGainesville.com or call 352-371-4251. Mako of Gainesville on Main Street. Attention, Florida healthcare workers. Hey, it's Steve Russell with money saving news for you. My Healthcare Federal Credit Union is now FICARE Federal Credit Union. Same location and great service with benefits that fit your lifestyle. Try our fixed rate Visa card, an unsecured loan, or home equity loan. Use our concierge auto buying service, and FICARE will lower your rate by 0.25%. And buy a green vehicle and save up to 0.5%. Why wait? Switch today. FICARE Federal Credit Union online at FICAREFCU.org. When you're in town either before or after the game and you've got an appetite, you need to get over to Dick Mondell's Burgers and Fries just blocks from the stadium. Hey, it's Steve Russell. If you haven't eaten one of their Florida-raised beef burgers, you're missing out. Try their juicy chicken burger with fresh hot fries and a hand-spun milkshake as well. They also have salads and vegan options. Dick Mondell's knows better ingredients make better meals. You'll taste the difference. Walk up, drive through, or order ahead online. Open seven days a week, Southwest 4th Avenue and 5th Street. Dick Mondell's Burgers and Fries. There's a race going on inside your body, and sometimes the bad guys, otherwise known as arthritis, get there first. That's when the joint pain kicks in. Your healing process is just too slow and just can't catch up, and it needs just a little bit of help from QC Kinetics. That's Dr. Daniel Zuckerman, a QC Kinetics medical director. We all know that you can heal yourself. If you get a cut, it heals on its own. Your joints are no different. We can take the healing properties from your blood, concentrate them down, and put them in the spot that you need the help. It's amazing. Your body can can heal itself. At QC Kinetics, that's called regenerative medicine. No surgery or steroids, just lasting relief, the natural way. The fact that we can treat them without surgery, but using their own body's natural healing process, without medications, without steroids, without surgery, it's just amazing. Call QC Kinetics now for your free consultation. Call QC Kinetics, 352-400-4550. That's 352-400-4550. Now with offices in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages, Three. 452-400-4550. This is the swap. Snap back, looking left. Throws. Intercepted oh. the floor. Florida gets the stop. Florida clashes with the Charlotte 49ers inside the swamp. 15-10 to the house. Touchdown, Gators. Kickoff is set for 7 Eastern, 6 Central, with pregame starting at 4 Eastern, 3 Central. Right here on your home for Florida Gators football. We are ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. The WRUF Radio App. Your source for sports every second of every hour of every day. You are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. This is Coach Steve Spurry, and you're listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. 
Welcome back to Sports Theme. Again, we have an abbreviated program today because of Rays baseball. Uh, as the Rays take on the Los Angeles Angels as they try to win the AL East, they've already clinched a playoff spot. Voice of the Gator, Sean Kelly, here, as he always is, during this time slot. So he's open for your questions and comments, 392-8255. You can email uh, srussell at wruf.com. Well, I guess we're going to find out, my friend, if uh, the Gators can stand prosperity. Huh? I, I guess. Whatever are we going to talk about? I mean, we don't have anything to complain about, so we may as well just shut the whole show down. <laughs> no, it was, it, it's been a good week. Uh, I have no doubt about the outcome this weekend. I just want to see their approach and turn the corner toward a real good test next week. So I'm not lo- overlooking Charlotte, but you're right. I think that is the question. How do they handle this? And... Make sure this wasn't some anomaly last week. Uh, let's talk about Tennessee for just a second. Um, we can all, you know, we're all armchair quarterbacks in our own way, right? You look back, why didn't they do this? They had two backs that averaged, what, six and nine a carry? Yeah. Um, I don't know that they leaned on them a lot early well, in the game. Against two, though. Well, I mean, true. their numbers were that's true against bad teams. Yep, it's true. Um, and I'm looking at a lot of... Florida numbers right now, and I can't help but be a little bit skewed about, you know, I have numbers that compare first three games this year versus th- first three games last year, and yeah, I think they tell, help us tell a story to some extent. I don't know why they they didn't lean harder on those guys. I, I have to think it's because Florida defensively was better than anything they had seen yet. They're, watching them, and look, you get you have smarter guys than me on earlier in the week. Um, namely, one's a Heisman and the other one's a legend around here in, in Stephen Shane. So I just I watched their offense and was just befuddled by their linemen have that approach of kind of slow and upright, and they allow their runner to then run off of them. It's a really odd look, but yeah. it's I, I, I see what the point is. Get a read, run right or left. And they have a quarterback right now who can't throw over the middle because he's going to ditch it into the turf. Um, if you rattle him in any way, his, his uh, decision-making is suspect. But he has an absolute cannon for an arm, so they always seemingly send at least one guy, hey, just run as far and as fast as you can, and maybe we hit on one of these. And that was the extent of Heupel's offense this time around. That offense works with a Hendon Hooker. It does not work with a Joe Milton. So they've got questions yeah. in Knoxville. Well said, because in a different way, I said the same thing. I, I think you saw the value of Hendon Hooker oh, last Without year, a doubt. Right? Without a doubt. I mean, he was pretty good. Really good. Yeah. And they think that the Nico kid is going to be the next thing. Just yeah. They've given Joe. Uh, how much more chance do they give Joe? I don't know. Well, th- that's the point. If, if, when do you give the kid a shot? I mean, if they struggle again... Now, they're playing what? It's Texas San Antonio this week, I think. Yeah, yeah. But if they get back in league play and they struggle, let's go to Kentucky and Vanderbilt. Just like kind of Tennessee, Sean, I don't know what to make of Kentucky. They haven't played anybody to Mm -mm. speak of. They have struggled at times. What do you make of them? I haven't haven't delved into that. Delved into it too much. Just looked at the schedule and said, "Hmm, I don't know what I know (laughs) at this point. Yeah. so we'll see when we turn the corner next week. Steven says, when you research the Gator opponent every week, do you get a sense of Florida's chances of winning that game in your mind, or is it sometimes let's just wait and see? It's a little wait and see, but a lot of it is, hmm, this could be a problem type thing. This is maybe where they might have an advantage uh, in that situation. So uh, I, I think going into the weekend, like last week, I just I had a good feeling about Florida against Tennessee. But I wouldn't come right out and say, Florida's winning this game. Lock it down. I just, I've been burned too many times by that. <laughs> yeah. But I just, I can tell you based on how I think the Gators are practicing or where they're trending or what I'm seeing with my own eyes. And then when I, when I look at the opponent, I may watch either a little film or it's a trend in their numbers or a particular player that, you know, I am very wary of. Uh, that all helps me kind of figure out how I feel going into Saturday. Does that make any sense? It does. Yeah, okay. Daryl says he thinks ETN is one of the best backs in the country to you. Yeah, I, I mean, I always do this. I say he's he surely has got to be one of the best backs in the country based on numbers 
and stuff like that. But it's like high school recruiting, too. I love these guys who rank all these recruits, and I sit there and go, are you telling me you have seen and studied every single one of these kids to come up with some qualified ranking? So until I've seen a very large number of running backs, and that won't happen until probably later in the season when I look back on it, um, I don't want to sit here and say, yeah, I mean, I put them all up together next to each other. That makes sense. But, you know, there are some things that tell you about Mr. ETN. Uh, his last 109 or 109 of his rushing yards this past weekend came after first contact. That hasn't happened in Florida in 10 years. Um, he is the top single-game rush performance guy in the SEC this year, 172 yards last game. Those kind of things now put you in a different class. It ranks you in ways that um, help me qualify for an answer here as opposed to me saying, yes, I've seen 80 running backs this year, and Trevor looks like one of the best. Uh, I'm gonna, this is Mark with a thoughtful email here. He says um, he wants to clarify some of the thoughts he's had with Napier's vertical passing game through 16 games. One camp wants him to air it out vertically regardless of what the defense is showing. I don't identify with that camp, he says. However, there's another camp which is concerned that even when the secondary shows a favorable alignment and Napier dials up a pass route combination to create an explosive play down the field, the wide receivers, even when Murch has time to throw or not open, and the quarterback either checks it down or takes a sack. This has now become a trend through all 16 games, whether it's AR throwing the ball or Mertz. Uh, so I guess your thoughts. I'm trying to figure out the question here, I guess. I guess the question is, how I view the email is are the critics or if you want to call it should that, Napier be more vertical is that yeah, what we're trying to talk I about I think here? so yes okay um, too many variables I think one team shows you drop eight coverage three high safety look hard to get a guy down McNeese right yeah, McNeese exactly. right yeah um, one team has a heavy box now maybe you get a one-on-one on the edge Trey Wilson comes along, and all of a sudden we figure out that he's a, a weapon when healthy. Uh, Ricky Pearsall has been able to show that he can catch the ball anywhere all over the field, so including go for the deep ball, which he did against McNeese. I think that in some ways in Napier's system, the short passing game is a complement or a part of the run game package. Interesting, right? Last week, it's Wilson on this this hybrid jet sweep. So it's it's actually, instead of like, the receiver coming across and handing the ball to him, it's this little flip forward. So now technically it's a forward pass. pass. Right. So it works toward passing numbers in a game. And then when you break down how many times did we go 10 yards plus, uh, how many times did we throw the flat, how many times, you know, that number gets messed around a little bit. I think as we watch the development of some of the younger, faster guys, Mizell, Andy Jean, Trey Wilson, Maybe the vertical game comes along a little bit more because they're now more experienced, and Seal, clearly they're the fastest guy, so they can take the top off. We'll see what, ev- what evolves from that. But that would be just my thoughts on that. I mean, look, there are some times, and Shane sits right next to me, and now Shane says it right out loud during the game, let's take a shot here. Let's, let's go big. And we don't necessarily see it all the time, but there are some things that kind of give you a little bit of a peek in that Pearsall now has five catches this year of 15-plus yards. If we're talking about stats qualifiers, that's now listed as an explosive pass play. 15 maybe doesn't seem like a lot to you, but in the, in the world of how we break down these passing plays, that qualifies as an explosive play. So, And, yeah. and I, the other thing that I've been harping on with this is it's game to game. Like that was said, the first point. Yeah. yeah. With McNeese, if you're playing, they, they were smart. You're not. You're going to have to matriculate down the field and beat us. That's smart of them. They don't have the athletes Florida has. Well, in the SEC, you're going to see different defenses. But to me, what works that day, that night, that week? Right. Bottom line. And then there's decisions to be made. And yes. this goes to the quarterback. And the decisions are: Do I check down here? If I get Khalil Jackson to tiptoe the sideline, I dump it over one defender and find him. Um, the Montreal Johnson pass reception for a touchdown, classic example. Is that really a check down? I mean, Graham's rolling right and, and uh, going to get hit on the play. It's interesting with Mertz, though. I mean, 
Are we, are we serious here? 75.3% completion percentage? That leads the SEC, number one. He's done it three games in a row of 70-plus percent. You know the last guy that did it four games in a row? Okay. Not that not that far back, but uh, Chris Leak, Kyle Trask. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. In, in 2020, minimum 10 attempts per game. But the last Gator quarterback to go four straight games plus 70 percent was Kyle Trask. This is what Mertz is doing so far. So he's if if there are different options, vertical, intermediate, over the middle, flat, check down. Well, it sure seems like he's making at least the right decisions at the moment. 1230, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. One more segment with Sean. Call him up, talk Gator football. That's why he's here. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. Live from Weimer Hall on the campus of the University of Florida, ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Hey, it's Steve Russell for Dick Mondell's Burgers and Fries. It's Key Lime Shake Season. Try one right now. And try the Herb Chicken Burger, the house-made veggie burger, and my favorite, a Florida-raised beef original Big Dick with hot fries. Open seven days a week. Worthwhile, wholesome, fast food. Dick Mondell's Burgers and Fries. Dave Ray's Automotive. We get the bugs out of your car. College football season is here, and there's lots of great plays being made. Hey, it's Steve Russell. Let me tell you about one of my favorite plays when it comes to my automobile. I take it to Dave Mays Automotive. Why? Because I trust the team to treat me and my vehicle with respect, integrity, and honesty. If you're tired of being treated like a number at the chain stores, make a great play and head to Dave Mays Automotive, located at 2905 Northeast 19th Drive in the industrial complex behind the Sunnies on Waldo Road. Brakes, AC, oil changes, tires, engine and transmission work, and of course, their famous bug check. Modern to import, diesel trucks and fleet service, they do it all. Learn more at DaveMaysAutomotive.com. Dave Mays Automotive, we get the bugs, all of them bugs, out of your car. The head ball coach scores again. Steve Spurrier's head beer coach, 1966 American Lager, is now available everywhere at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. Smooth and refreshing with just enough of a crisp finish. Also available at most places you buy beer. If you don't see it, ask for it. A beer made by the Gators for the Gators. Make a great play and enjoy a cold one today. Steve Spurrier's head beer coach, 1966 American Lager. Please drink responsibly. The Florida Department of Corrections is hiring. You could earn a starting salary of almost $50,000, plus up to a $6,000 hiring bonus at select institutions. We have immediate openings throughout Florida. No experience is necessary and all training is provided. Officers receive a salary and are immediately eligible for benefits, including health insurance and the college tuition waiver on day one of your new career. Text apply to DCJOB or visit FLDOCjobs.com to apply today. From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. Today, skies partly cloudy along the nature coast. They'll turn mostly cloudy inland and east, closer to the Highway 301 corridor, the St. Johns River, and the First Coast. On and off showers will be possible as well, especially near the St. Johns River and east to the Atlantic. Winds turning dusty, freezing to about 20 miles an hour. Temperatures today in the mid upper 80s. From the UF Weather Center, I'm Megan Borowski. The, the, the Dan Patrick Show. Dan Patrick. Yeah! Now, you know, you're, you're hearing conversations or analysts saying, you know, this paves the way for other black coaches. No, it doesn't. This is Deion Sanders. If uh, Yale decided to hire J.J. Watt uh-huh. to be their head coach, that's a famous person jumping the line. The Dan Patrick Show. Dan and the Danettes. And you. Weekday mornings at 9, right here on WRUF. We are your home for Tampa Bay Buccaneers football. You are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. And anywhere in the world with the WRUF radio app. Sports Scene with Steve Russell continues here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. And on your phone with the WRUF radio app. Welcome back. 
Voice of the Gator, Sean Kelly here. Again, we're only here till 1 o'clock today because of Rays baseball. Let's get a call from Big Gator. Big Gator, hello. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Hey there. Uh, Sean, uh, Just I, I like the way you break down Billy's philosophy, I guess you want to call it. But yeah. It makes a lot of me, and I agree with it. Um, all, the, all the people that we're going to be missing this weekend, what effect will that have on our game plan and what – who should we be looking for to step up and take their place? Look, I, I don't think, um, and thanks for calling in, I, I don't think we see a different game plan because we're missing two starting linemen and a significant tight end in Xanders. A um, couple things just jump out at me real quick. Najee Harris is going to start at right guard with Mazuka out for the first half. Uh, he's already been playing in the rotation. Uh, Lindell Hudson is a guy that I've been excited to see play. You know, he... He has the concussion and the car accident back in early August, so we didn't really get to, we didn't see him at Utah, and also now he makes for that that three tackle rotation, which I think has allowed this team to kind of settle down up front. So he's going to start at right tackle here for Damian George. You'll get those guys back in the second half. So I don't think with those guys uh, involved, things change. Jake Slaughter starts at center because Aguakin's out this week. This is um, this is the shuffling of the deck a little bit in the sense that. Um, you want to build some depth here, obviously, but I don't th- think it changes the approach per se. Um, obviously, you won't have the Trey Wilson factor involved in the game plan this week. He's out this week. And uh, look, I, I'm not speaking for Napier or the team or anything else, I, and I don't want to be construed that I'm overlooking Charlotte here, but as I tell my spotter, this is a flip card game, okay? So the flip card game is this. On my two boards, uh, offense, defense, both teams, it goes two, three deep. That's about it. Uh, we're going to get through the two, three deep fairly quick, I think, Saturday night. And so the flip card, which has the entire dress roster, um, we'll be looking at that for guys that don't normally get a chance to play. So uh, we're going to go deeper down on that depth chart this week. Guys will get a chance to play maybe for their only chance left this season, which is a great story when you talk about walk-ons or scout team guys, all that. It's a non-conference game. You can dress more than you normally do. You're at home. Your facility can handle more players being dressed. So it's a flip card game. The Gators need to execute properly, especially with their frontline guys in preparation for what's to come. And then after that, you know, the philosophy is um, be rewarded for the hard work you do behind the scenes. Here's a chance to play in the swamp. And let's, let's see if we can't keep a, maintain a right standard through four quarters on a Saturday night. Does that answer your question? I like it. I like the way you think. I'm, you know, I'm just some every once in a while. All right, Big Gator, thank you for your call. Uh, interesting email here, Sean. Uh, he's uh, Russell says practice hasn't been good the last two days. They said two players had to had to tell him to step up. Sold out again. Maybe the stadium is what he means. Sold out again. Oh, okay, yep. sure. Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, great on the sellout, and I think from what I understand. There is a chance here on Saturday night to get a lot of folks who don't normally get to go to a game to come. I think we're rewarding a bunch of uh, our scholars, our young scholars around Alachua County and, and, the, and the neighboring counties. So that helps in that situation. I think that'll make for a fun atmosphere. It'll be a lot like, remember the Eastern Washington game last year? We had a lot of that in a day game. Yep. Um, and, of course, that got bumped around because of the storm and whatnot. But that's the sellout part. Uh, let me just say this, and... I don't want to get myself in trouble here. There's nothing about practice that Billy Napier wants out unless he wants it to be out, if that makes any sense. And if practice has been not up to what he wanted it to be, and remember, he started this week. He started this week by messaging that the last year's team did not handle prosperity, success very well. This is their chance now to rewrite that part of the narrative or the culture around this program. And so if he is on, a, on the field and now wants to put it out a little bit publicly to apply some more pressure, fine. Use this week to do so. I'll take it as a positive in that I'm a little tired of hearing just a head coach trying to, to deliver a message. If there are other players or other leaders in that locker room that are kind of taking that upon themselves, that's a healthy thing for the Gators. Culture thing. Culture thing for the Gators. And then maybe this is the last time anybody has to talk about maybe we didn't practice the right way this week. 
Drew's, uh, look, every team goes through this. Yes. Okay. I don't care. Uh, uh, every. Yes. Yes. Uh, Drew says, I've seen a lot of people pointing out Kentucky struggles this year. Look back at their schedule last five or six seasons, you'll see a trend. They do this every year. They struggle against mediocre to poor group of five teams. They come into our matchup <clears throat> and play the game of their lives. Don't get sucked into the game of possum. They'll come out and punch us in the mouth like they've done every year since Duke's got there. There's parity. There's more parity now. We talked about this at the start of the season. Remember those games that used to be able to kind of go down the list and go, yeah, probably a win, 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 win. 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 Yep. Yeah, slow down on that a little bit here, okay? Yeah. And, and look, everybody's going to say have this narrative about the SECs being down. This, I think, speaks more to the parity. Um, eight non-conference losses now for SEC teams, tied for the most since losing 14 in 2019, which is not that long ago. So it's not like all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, this is the worst year in the SEC. I just think parity is at play here. The West is without a team in the top ten for the first time since 2006, October Ooh. of 2006. And Georgia's the only team in the top ten right now, and that's a rarity as well for the SEC as a whole. So I'm with, I'm with this, uh, Jens, here because – um, I'm not going to get sucked into a trap trying to gauge, well, they didn't play well against this guy, and they did play well against this guy. Well, it's a new week, and when you have parity, be careful. That's all. I, I've, You know, Sean, it's funny. Uh, Drew was the emailer, and you used the word. It is parity. There's a, there's a segment of the fan base that hates that because it didn't used to be like that. You, you, could, you could say Kentucky... Vanderbilt, Carolina, when you can't do that now. You, you can't. You just can't take that for granted anymore. Well, uh, I'm going to be that guy for a second. Okay. Here in recent memory, we've been that team. The Gators have been that team that a lot of folks sit there and go, win, win, and, I'm, and we're all sick of that too, right? Yes. So, look, parity means – you know, rising tide lifts all boats. We need to be one of those boats rising right now, and I and I believe Florida is. I think there's going to be this slow, steady thing that we've talked about. So, yeah, we all want to sit there and say, let's check Vandy off, let's check Kentucky off. Um, that's not the case anymore, and it's certainly not the case with Florida anymore either. And I would put everybody else in the conference on alert as well that maybe you thought Florida was that game for you the last couple of years. I don't think that's the case anymore. Yeah, it goes to the yes. entire, <coughs> entire parody. Thing. Yes, sure does. Uh, Roy, welcome to Sports Scene. Hey, how you doing, gentlemen? Good. Great. So last year, I remember Coach t- talking about the four levels of – responsibility on each player, their responsibility for their position, the people around them, the whole defense, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Do you remember him talking about that? Has he – I haven't heard him mention anything about that this year. Has he kind of abandoned that to type of, to try to simplify things, or is he still demanding those out of his players? He is. Uh, I, it hasn't been talked about a whole lot publicly. Maybe one time back during training camp – I'm trying to remember the player's name – but the player brought it up and said that I have gone from being whatever one, one or two tier to now being a three or four tier and that I know my job, the guy next to me's job, my unit's job, and then the, 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 the whole last deal. week. Was it last it week? It was a player, a ah. defensive player, I forget who it was, that said my goal is to be a four-way player, to know yeah. who's in front of me and back him and et cetera. So yeah. that's not been abandoned. Yeah, no, the conversation or that, that piece of the foundation is still – still there, even though maybe you I haven't heard a whole Scooby lot about Williams him. It was probably it. Scooby Williams because he has made a big jump. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm almost positive okay. it was. Okay. okay. Thank you. All yep. right, thank you. We'll sneak Greg in here. Hi, Greg. Hey, I just have a quick question, Sean. I know you get to see a lot more of the uh, the team than we do, you know, just a fan. So in your, you know, with your eyes and, and all this that you have seen, who are the leaders on this team, on this football team, offensive and defensively, and all this and all fair, go Gators. Yeah, go Gators. Uh, let me give you just a quick snapshot of that. I would say Kingsley Aguakin is, is in that mix. Graham Mertz is in that mix uh, as far as guys that are leading the way. I think Montreal Johnson's kind of stepped up a little bit in a leadership role. And Ricky Pearsall has as well. Sneaky leader on this team. Gosh, on on the offensive side. Um, don't underestimate Austin Barber a little bit in that sense. That, right. that's, a, that's a good way to go. Defensively, Shamar James, no doubt, is a part of this leadership group. 
Uh, I think that Taraja Mitchell brings the experience as a captain at Ohio State. He's one of the guys that is pretty vocal and has the team's attention uh, in that sense. So those guys, and Jason Marshall's another guy that they really look toward as well. Uh, He's the junior from Miami who um, I think we all kind of thought he would be uh, a big part of it. And and look, when you have uh, 23 starts, 19 straight starts like Jason Marshall, with that comes... uh, some some heftiness as far as your credibility goes. So uh, just just the thumbnail on some of those those guys in, who I would point out as leaders with this group right now. Let's have a little fun, Sean, sure. um, because this week there's some really good games across oh, the country yes. now, as opposed to last week when it was kind of a dearth of games. Um, let, let's let's go through a couple of them here. Um, Ohio State and Notre Dame intrigues me. Yes, I always start to say if I didn't have to work on Saturday, which games am I watching? That's one of them, without a doubt. Yep. Who else do uh, you, you like? Yeah, and uh, you know what? I'm leading Notre Dame there. I don't, I don't know. Ohio State just has an impression. Florida State-Clemson. Yep. I'll go back to the Notre Dame thing. Yeah. Quarterback's the difference in that game. Okay. That's why I like Notre Dame there. Yep. Um, what was the other one? Florida State-Clemson? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, do I think Florida State's better personnel-wise? I do. But Clemson hasn't lost the home in like, you know, 100 years. Uh, it feels so. like it, doesn't it? And, yeah. And, and, and Dabo's trying to validate his quarterback right now and saying, hey, look, I've told you that I've told you this. Well, here's your chance. Um, and when you look at Florida State being tested at any point the rest of the way, um, this might be their biggest hurdle still to go. The game that intrigues me the most is Auburn and A&M, simply because of Jimbo's thing. And, you know, does Hugh Freeze elevate his early stature by getting a win? It's one of those games where who, who, whomever wins it, what does it matter in the grand scheme of things? True. It's a real curiosity thing, isn't it? Yes. It really is. Yes. Yes. And I think anything involving A&M right now, well, maybe Hugh Freeze too. It's, it's what will happen next. Right. Because I think one is toward the negative in Jimbo's case. Yep. One is toward the Hugh Freeze factor. How quickly do they become a Hugh Freeze team? Yep. I, I can't imagine Alabama is going to I mean Ole Miss can score we know that you know I don't know about their defense but this another another game that you just Alabama has to show me Sean I, they just they're just not very good on offense they don't have a quarterback well and that's important <laughs> I think they're still a touchdown favorite um I don't buy that Nick Saban yeah I, I just is the game in Tuscaloosa uh yes yeah there you go Alabama's home and they have Nick Saban that's the only reason why that line is what it is okay uh well hang on here because uh, yep. again we're only going to go to one o'clock today so what the heck we'll blast the normal time we have to take a break and sure. we'll figure it out um and then how about Dion and Oregon huh Oregon's a double digit favorite yeah um I'll tell you what if he finds a way to win this game oh God <laughs> yeah. Just if you don't like it, you better just move it to another country. <laughs> It'll be intolerable if you don't care for that whole thing. Yeah. And if you are on board with Coach Prime, Dion, all that, man, if they win this thing, woo, look out. You know, I'm going to end with this because it's sad to me, Sean, and I think you've mentioned this too, that the Pac-12 this year is so darn good. Yeah. And it's going to be obliterated. And it's just, it's sad because you got UCLA, Utah this week, you know, does does Utah, you know, win? And there's so many good teams. Washington's so good. Yeah, Penix is really, really yeah, fun to watch. Just, um, USC, you know, it's really a shame what Arizona State has become right now. That's I mean, yeah. a total dumpster fire. Let me just let me pivot real quick. Sure. Um, it's we're, we're watching the Pac-12 go into the ashes. But what may rise out of this is this interesting conversation if they and the Mountain West come together and do this European-style relegation yeah. thing. It is European. That's, that's a great analogy. It's the, yeah. it's the soccer model. Yes, I mean, it it's is. the Premier League. So, I have thought about that. Um, I'm curious to get your thoughts on that as far as, you know, out of the ashes of the Pac-12 may come something that will be wildly entertaining late in seasons. And is it something that carries over on a larger scale down the road. Look, it may not even happen, but the conversation has obviously been put forth as a public thing now. So, gosh, can you imagine? Um, 
the to to the victors go the spoils because that well, that's what we're talking about here. If those two, if you haven't read about this, if the Mountain West and what's left of the Pac-12 two uh, merge, they'll have basically the theory would be they would keep all the spoils of being a Power Five. Okay, but if you are not performing, you will get relegated down to a lower division or the the junior pack, whatever you want to call it. And you will not share in the television revenue and the other spoils of being or the chance to play in the playoff or whatever that the Pac-12 currently is trying to hold on to. So those games later in the year, especially with that, you know, could be for relegation or promotion. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. I, I don't know if you can do this on a grander scale, but if that's what's to come out of this thing that we've all kind of been mourning, um, yeah, why not? I, I, it's funny, you, when it first happened, Sean, I thought, I don't like this. But the more it just sort of percolated, I thought, if you're going to be different, if, if you're trying to survive, give yourself something that's different. Give yeah. yourself something that's kind of, I like that. It only works in this situation. It, you can never tell an SEC member you're on the junior circuit. Okay? Right. And you can never say, all right, we're wiping out SEC, Big 12, Big 10, and we're throwing everybody in the same pool, and the top 40 teams are premier, if you will, and then everybody else gets relegated. I, in all the things that have changed, I just I don't see that happening. But if something out of it, like I said, the ashes of the old Pac-12, yep. this could be one unique thing that they have to themselves out west. It's a new wrinkle. It kind of plays back into the old college football way of, why are we deciding on media votes? Why does so? T- which team goes to this bowl and this one can't go to that bowl? Remember the quirkiness that we used to have in college football that made it college football? Yeah. Bring back a little quirkiness. Here's a little quirkiness to maybe keep it interesting. Thanks to Sean for being here. 1251 Time Check brought to you by Hey Shittery, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center. Here's what's trending now on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Hannah Mack. The Santa Fe Raiders host Gainesville High School tonight in a Thursday night football matchup. Both teams are looking for their first win on the year. Kickoff is set for 7 p.m. The third-ranked Florida Gators volleyball team will begin SEC play tomorrow when they take on the 24th-ranked Auburn Tigers. Game time is set for 7.30. The 49ers look to stay undefeated tonight as the New York Giants come to town off a historic comeback win in Arizona. Coverage starts right here at 8 p.m. In the third game of the series, the Tampa Bay Rays will look to bounce back against the Los Angeles Angels at home. Stay tuned for coverage of the game right here at 1. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Hannah Mack. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Southeast Car Agency at 310 Northeast 39th Avenue in Gainesville is the place. I have purchased a lot of vehicles over the years, including the one I'm driving right now. And the, like the last five vehicles I've driven have all been purchased from there. And I can honestly say to you, they've all been great purchases, lasted me a long time, great mileage, and very low maintenance. They can do the same thing for you. Now, if you're looking for new vehicles, they don't have them. But if you want the best in late model, low mileage vehicles, this is the place to go. The Cousins family treats you right. You can go online and check them out, secars.com. You can also go see them in person at Northeast 39th Avenue in Gainesville. Test drive the vehicles, look them over, and make your choice from a wide selection of vehicles. But you know what to do when you go see them. Tell them Sports Scene sent you to the good people at Southeast Car Agency. I'm not exaggerating when I say this. QC Kinetics can change your life. You can live again without that chronic joint pain and without drugs or surgery. Hi, it's Steve Russell. QC Kinetics is advanced regenerative medicine. They take your body's own concentrated healing properties and put them right into your joint to restore and repair that damaged tissue that's causing all that horrible pain. The patient satisfaction reports are astonishing. Finally, a real alternative to the old ways of dealing with pain. And unlike surgery, no downtime with QC treatments. If you have constant pain in your knees, hip, shoulder, or back, you need to call and get a free consultation from the medical professionals at QC Kinetics today. Imagine this fall, moving around pain-free, doing the things you love again like walking, hiking, and playing with grandkids. 
Call QC Kinetics and see how the latest advances in precision regenerative medicine can attack your pain and bring you lasting relief. Now with clinics in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages, 352-400-4550, QC Kinetics. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing and always need to stick your fingers to test your blood sugar. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. Apply a discrete sensor on your body and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger sticks. If you are living with type 1 or type 2 diabetes and you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, you might be eligible for a CGM through your insurance benefits. U.S. Med partners with over 500 private insurance companies and Medicare. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill your insurance. Call us today for a free benefits check. 800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652. Total Control. We'd all love that, wouldn't we? You can have total control of your home environment with help from Electronics World. Let the pros at EW install a system to control your audio, video, lights, locks, thermostats, custom shades, garage door, and more. Plus, monitor your surveillance cameras with just one app. Now that's Total Control. Electronics World. Visit our showroom in Gainesville or online at electronicsworld.net. We all need somebody to lean on, somebody to trust and support us. At Radiant Credit Union, we believe in being that support for our members and our community. We're not just a credit union. We're here for our members in the North Central Florida area, and we want to help make your financial dreams a reality. When you open a free checking account with us, you can forget about monthly fees. You can even earn up to $300 just for joining. Visit RadiantCU.org community and let us support you on your financial journey. Federally insured by NCUA. Conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm PJ Vogt, here to tell you about my new podcast, Search Engine. On Search Engine, we tackle the kinds of questions that keep you up at night. Like, why are drug dealers putting fentanyl in everything? Should we be worried that Elon Musk believes that we're living in a simulation? And, for the love of God, is it actually unsafe to drink the coffee on airplanes? On Search Engine, no question is too big and no question is too small. Listen and follow Search Engine with PJ Vogt and Odyssey Podcast. Available now on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Coming in October, the Major League Baseball playoffs right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. This is Gator soccer coach Samantha Bohan, and you are listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. For those who don't know, I try and pick the music that we enter with. Um, That's probably one of the most underrated bands of my youth. I love the Guess Who. And they had a lot of hits, but they're not in the pantheon of the Beatles or the Stones or the Who or something like that. And most people don't remember that a guy in that band was one Randy Bachman, who did later Bachman Turner Overdrive. There's a lot of bands like that um, that come from different bands and start other ones. It's really pretty cool. Uh, tomorrow on the show, you know what day it is, Prognostication Friday. And boy, we got a lot of great games for you to pick tomorrow. Herm Edwards is going to join us tomorrow, too. Um, we hope to be talking to the Charlotte football coach tomorrow. Uh, and we also... Uh, because of what I said to you yesterday, and, and I must tell you it's a personal thing because, you know, the passing of Buddy Tevens, the Dartmouth coach, uh, I'd like to be friends with him. One of his former players is going to join us tomorrow who is currently an administrator at Dartmouth uh, to talk about Buddy. So that'll be tomorrow. Uh, but right now we're going to send you out to raise baseball against the Angels. Thanks to Zach for producing today. Thanks to Sean Kelly for being here. We thank you for listening. See you tomorrow at noon for a Friday edition of Sports Scene, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF.
left Gainesville. U251CG Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios, we are ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM, WRUF.